There's something liberating about sitting on the front right up here. I never sit on the front. And uh, wow, y'all got me turned up now. But you can sing as loud as you want to. And it's like being in the shower. Nobody can hear you. Everybody's behind you. And so only the people up on stage, I don't think they can hear me because they got all this mic'd up and music and all this stuff. And so I might not be able to say anything today. My voice may be gone. I'm singing pretty loud today. I like it. I enjoy that. I may have to start sitting on the front more. Um, it is good to be here. I hope you had a great fourth uh, holiday, and it's good to see you here this morning. I'm I'm surprised we have a, as big a crowd as we have today because of because of the holidays and all. But it's good to see you here. Um, you can go ahead and be turning to Proverbs chapter three if you want to. Let me just start by asking you a question here. Have you ever said to yourself, "If I had it to do over, I would." You know, the older I get, the more and more and more I ask myself that same question. Man, if I had it to do over, I would, especially like building my house or whatever. You know, we're, we're starting a series on the ways of the world, and um, I get the first part, and it's about wisdom. So we're going to look at Proverbs. We're going to look at Proverbs for several weeks, but uh, my topic today is on wisdom. Uh, wisdom gives us some power. And so when I think about that, I thought about... If I had it to do over again, what would I do differently? And as you get older, you think about that. When I'm thinking about building my house, I think about a hundred different things that I would do differently if I had it to do over with again. Uh, also think about statements like this or questions like this. If I only knew then what I know now. How many of you ever said that one? If I only knew then what I know now. I think about how much wiser I would be, how much stronger I would be how much healthier I would be, how much happier, richer I would be if I could just go back and say, man, if I only knew then what I know now. Uh, you know, we don't though, we can't do that. So uh, as we look at wisdom, wisdom is the thing that, wisdom is something that really gives us a lot of power, if you think about it. Think about as a child how you manipulated your younger sibling. <laughs> you think about it. I remember I used to pick at my little brother and I could get him fighting mad and get him in trouble and me not get in trouble just because I was a little older and wiser, you know. And so I think about those kinds of things. But think about that as we look at this wisdom. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 13 through 20. It's our focal passage. And then, uh, and I always forget this. So uh, how many of you know why we stand, uh, why Cody always has us to stand when we, when we read the word? Let me see a show of hands. How many of you understand that? Maybe somebody don't. You know, in the Old Testament, when they, uh, when they came back and Jerusalem had been destroyed, and they came back to rebuild the wall and rebuild the temple and all, they found the book of the law. And the Bible says that Nehemiah got Ezra the scribe to stand before the people and read the book of the law to the people. And it said the people stood for a whole day. I mean, I don't know, it may have been more than that. It was all day long listening to him read the book of the law. And so we, you know, when we're reading God's holy word, the reason we stand is in honor of the reading of that word uh, because it is a precious thing. So I always forget to tell you to do that. So let me ask you to stand and we'll read the focal passage together. Uh, and I'll be reading from the KJV, uh, but it'll be very similar. Verse 13, it says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared to her. 
Length of days is in her right hand and in her left riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold on her and happy is every one that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth and by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. Let's pray together and we'll start. Father, thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to only say the things that you'd have me to. Lord, that your word would touch hearts. Help us to honor you today by sharing in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, There's three things I want us to see about wisdom. Number one, wisdom is the principal thing. We're going to talk about that. Number two, wisdom is a precious thing. And number three, wisdom is a powerful thing. So I want us to look at First, wisdom being the principal thing. I don't, you should have notes. Do we have notes? The fill in the blank notes? Do we pass those out? If you don't, raise your hand and some of these guys will come around and bring some of those to you. I fail to forget, I forget to do that too every time. Uh, just raise your hand if we don't have some. Wisdom is the principal thing. Now, we're going to skip over from our focal passage and go over to chapter 4, verse 7. And I want you to see this first. Chapter 4, verse 7, just a page over from your Bible, says this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Now, I want you to notice something. I'm, I'm a word study kind of guy. I like to study words. And I guess that's why I like the OKJV, because you can look up words. And I always, to me, if this is God's word, then why did the author choose the way he chose this word? And so I always want to study that kind of stuff. Why does he say principal thing in verse four there of chapter, of chapter four, verse seven? Now it's principal, not P-L-E, but principal like P-A-L, like the principal of a high school. Now, so I looked those words up. Principal P-L-E means the fundamental truth of a belief system. That would work right there, wouldn't it? That's not what he says. He said it is the principal P-A-L thing. That means it's first in order of importance. First in order of importance. Of all the things God is trying to give us, wisdom is number one, Solomon says. It's the first thing in order of importance. It's the principal thing. Uh, so there's a couple things we need to look at about it, about it being the principal thing. Verse 13 tells us that wisdom must be salt. Now I feel your blank in right there. Wisdom must be salt. It's something you gotta look for. Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read that little quick passage to you right quick. Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. He said, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, thou shalt incline your ear to, unto wisdom and apply it to your heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lift up thy voice after, for understanding. Notice this. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures... Then shall you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Notice what verses four and five says. If you seek for her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then will you understand the fear of the Lord. See, wisdom must be salt. It's something we got to work for. It's something we got to, God doesn't just pour it to us. We got to look for it. We got to have that daily quiet time. We got to pick our Bibles up daily and say, Lord, I want you to show me something today. He's not going to just give it to us without us working for it a little bit. And think about it. How many things in your life 
do you cherish that you don't work for? You don't cherish stuff that you don't easy come, easy go, right? So if God just gave it to us, we'd be like worse like a spoiled child, wouldn't we? God says, I want you to work for it. I want you to earn it. I want to give it to you. I want you to earn it. I remember one time when I was a kid, my granddad would get me to cut his grass. And I know you, this is going to date me, okay, you kids, but I'd get $3 for cutting his grass with a push mower, all right? Now, but dummy me, I'd want to get my friend who lived next door, down the next door to him to help me. And we'd split the $3. My granddad wanted to give me all three. He didn't want me to have to split it, but he wouldn't go up on the price. He'd give me the $3 or give my friend half of it and I'd, I'd get a dollar and a half, he'd get a dollar and a half. You know, I could have done a little more work and I'd have got it all, which is what he wanted anyway. But yet I wanted to do, I wanted to split it up like kids do, you know. Okay? But it costs you something. If wisdom is something that's going to cost you something, it's something that must be sought. You've got to look for it. Uh, uh, two different times in Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, I gave my heart to seek and search to know wisdom. I gave my heart to it, he says. It's something that you've got to work for. Uh, not only that, verse 14 talks about wisdom must be bought. Now, I thought this word here was a a funny word to be used. It says, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. Why do you use the word merchandise? Your Bible may say something, other, it may say value or something, price or something like that of it. It says merchandise. I looked up the word merchandise and the word merchandise means, I lost my place. Uh, oh, mer merchandise means goods to be bought and sold. Wisdom must be bought. It's merchandise. It's valuable. I remember when, uh, when you think about the value of something, the value of something has determined with, uh, is determined by what somebody will actually give you for it. A few years ago, when Blake, y'all know Blake, my son, when he was real, about 9 or 10 or 11, I don't know, he used to collect these Pokemon cards. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know how... <laughs> They say they're coming back. I don't know if, if they are. Maybe we'll be rich one day because we got a pile of them, I think. But he collected these Pokemon cards. And we were at Collinsville Trade Day one day. And we were walking around the trade day. And Blake comes running up to me and he says, Dad, Dad, give me $50. I said, $50? What? He said, I need $50. He said, I can make some money. I said, for what? He said, this man right over here has got a Charizard. I said, what's a Charizard? <laughs> this is some kind of little Pokemon card. It must have been more rare than the rest of them, you know. He said, he only wants $50 for it. I said, $50? He said, yeah, of course, I didn't give him $50. Uh, like the good daddy. <laughs> I said, $50 for a, a card? He said, dad, you don't understand. Now, y'all, this is going to date me again. He said, he said, you can sell, this is when eBay first started. He says, you can sell these on eBay for $150. I said, then how come that man's not selling his on eBay? <laughs> Why has he got it at trade day in this case? You know, he's trying to sell it. It may be more rare than the rest of them, but why is he not selling it on eBay if he can get $150 for a $50 card? And he stopped for a minute and he looked. And he thought, hmm. He didn't know how to answer that one. See, 
something, the worth of something is only what somebody's willing to pay for it. And you might have some pretty dumb people that might be willing to pay $150 for it. But that man was having a hard time selling it for 50. You see what I'm saying? And so, you know, the value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. What is wisdom worth to you? What are you willing to pay for it? Uh, when David numbered the people, when I say wisdom must be bought, I want you to think about this. When David numbered the people, he was about in, in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24, when David had numbered the people, and this, this displeased God because David went out and counted up his army. God told him to, I don't know the whole, I can't remember the whole story, but he told him to go uh, battle some Malachites or somebody or something. And David was, his faith went down. And so he went out and numbered all his army to see how many troops he had and all that kind of stuff. Well, this displeased God. So God brought pestilence on the nation of Israel. And for several days there, people died like crazy. And David realized his sin as the leader. And so David went and wanted to sacrifice and repent to God. And so he went out and bought this threshing floor piece of property from a guy by the name of Anara to make an altar of sacrifice to the Lord. And when Anara, being a good servant of the king like he was, saw that the king needed it, he said, no, master, you can have it. You don't have to buy it. Here's what David said. I will not offer anything to my Lord, to the Lord my God, that does not cost, that costs me nothing. I will not offer anything to God that costs me nothing. See, when we're going to make a sacrifice for something good, it's got to cost you something. Wisdom may cost you something. Think about how all the hard lessons you've learned. How much is it worth to you? The merchandise of something is worth a lot if it costs you something. Now, wisdom may cost you some sleep. Proverbs 8, 17 says, those who seek me early find me. Those who seek me early find me. Might cost you a little sleep. Uh, Proverbs chapter 11, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. Might cost you some TV time. Might cost you some golf time, some fishing time. Might cost you some fun time. Might cost you some me time if you're going to find wisdom. John chapter 5, verse 39 says, Search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. Not just read it, but study it. See, wisdom may cost us something. It must be sought for and it must be bought. Wisdom is a, it is the principal thing, okay? Not only is wisdom the principal thing, number two, wisdom is a precious thing. Now, I want you to look at verses 15 through 18 uh, in our focal passage for that. Wisdom is a precious thing. It's not the, just the number one and most important, but it is a precious thing. Look at verse 15. It says, she is... More precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. When I thought about that, that's what made me think of the word perfect. She is perfect. Your next blank there. Wisdom is perfect. 
The reason I thought about that is because I taught, you know, I taught English for 31 years and all your adjectives and adverbs have, and I hate to give you a quick English lesson, but I will. <laughs> all your adjectives and adverbs have a positive, a comparative, and a superlative form. Your positive form is like big, comparative form is like bigger, and then your superlative form is like biggest. Okay, some of your two-syllable adjectives or three syllables like beautiful, they'll get more and most instead of E-R and E-S-T, you know, like bigger, bigger, and biggest, you get beautiful, more beautiful, and most beautiful. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? Now, and there's a list in our book of words that are irregular. That means they don't, they don't go by the normal way, like good. You don't say gooder. You don't say more good. You say something is good, but something is better. You got me? Those are irregular comparisons. Now, I was noticing one day as I'm looking through this list, as an English teacher, I'm supposed to know all the answers, right? I didn't always, but I'd look to try to find them. This list had the word perfect. Then it had a little asterisk by it. Down at the bottom of the page, it said, perfect has no comparative form because you can't be more than perfect. And I thought, wow. Notice what it says right here in verse 15. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you can desire cannot be compared to her. Wisdom has no comparison. It's perfect. We'll see in just a few minutes how perfect it really is. Second thing, verse 16 says, it offers prosperity. Look at verse 16. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Long, rich life is what wisdom offers. Who wouldn't want that? Wisdom is a precious thing. Third thing, verse 17 says she offers pleasantness and peace. She offers pleasantness and peace. Verse 17, her ways are the ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Think about what the world does today trying to gain peace. People do everything in the world to try to gain peace. Through drugs, through everything else, people are always trying to gain some peace. We never can. Something is precious because it's of great value. It's not supposed to be wasted. It's a precious thing. It means it's rare usually. Not only is precious because it's of great value, but it's not supposed to be wasted. Look at verse 18. It says, she is a tree of life to them that lay hold on her and happy is everyone that retaineth her. We're talking about wisdom. Happy is everyone that hangs on to her and, and, and keeps her. Now, when I thought about the tree of life there, I thought about uh, like Adam and Eve, they lost their, when they sinned, they lost their ability to stay in the Garden of Eden, to retain that tree of life. You know that they, they used to, before they sinned, they got to go eat from the tree of life. The Bible says they could, they could eat from every tree of the garden except for one. And when they ate of that one, they would die. So that means they got to eat of the tree of life, which has 12 different types of fruit on it. So they were eating of that until they sinned. And then sin brings the payment of death. And so the Bible says in chapter three of Genesis that God had to put an angel to guard the way of the tree of life, lest that man may eat and live forever. Because he had to die then, see? Because he had sinned. And so... God put an angel that turned every way, or angels, it says, 
I don't know if it says cherub or cherubim, I don't know which, but anyway, that the angel turned in four directions and would not let them get to the tree of life. They, couldn't, they got kicked out of the garden. So we need to hang on to that thing that's life sustaining. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 21 says that holding on to this sustains life. If you can hang on to wisdom, it sustains life. Think about as you get older, or as, you, as you're going through puberty and you're going through adolescence and you think about all those things that comes back in your mind that your parents have taught you. Think about how many bad decisions you talk yourself out of because what you were taught. See, if you can hold on to that wisdom that you learned, you talk yourself out of bad decisions. You talk yourself into life, not uh, bad things that could go on in your life. It's like the tree of life. Keeping it and holding on to it sustains life. Wisdom is the principal thing. Secondly, wisdom is a precious thing, but probably most importantly, wisdom is a powerful thing. Now, don't you look at that third thing. Verses 19 and 20 tell us just how powerful wisdom is. It says, the Lord, verse 19, by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding he hath established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. Can you, can that, can you even imagine that? Next time your, your young child or grandchild or whatever asks you one of those questions like, who hung the stars? When you say God did, and they say, well, how did he make them stay up there? You know, one of those questions you can't answer? <laughs> you can tell him or her by wisdom. And you say, well, that won't satisfy their curiosity. It probably will good as anything. And it's the truth, right? The Bible says by wisdom. See, God didn't make the world with his two hands. The Bible says he spoke the world into existence by wisdom. We don't even understand that kind of wisdom, do we? We have no comprehension of it. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Look at uh, Job. If you got your Bible, I want you to flip back to Job. It's just a few pages back. Job chapter 38. Now, y'all know the story of Job. Job is, uh, he's going through all kinds of problems in his life. And he's sitting down and his friends came around him and they're trying to cheer him up and God has allowed the devil to take everything away from him. And Job is sitting there and he's in misery. And finally he starts whining about it a little bit. If you get into about chapter 38, Job is saying, I wish I'd never been born. I wish today that they said there was a child that I just died. My heart stopped beating, you know, all this kind of stuff. And finally, God listens to Job and listens to Job and listens to Job doing that. And finally, the Lord speaks to Job. Look at what he says. Chapter 38, we'll read the first 10 or so verses, maybe. It says, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man, for I will demand of you an answer. Answer me. God says, let me ask you a question, Job. Job was asking all these questions. Why was I ever born? And God says, let me ask you a question. Verse four, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if you have understanding. Verse five, who has laid the measures of it? Or who knows? Or who has distressed the line upon it? Who's brought out a measuring tape, he said. Where were you when I did all this? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Like what holds this the world up? God's saying. 
or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who shut up the sea with the doors and when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb? When I made the cloud, uh, the garment thereof in the thick darkness, the swaddling band for it and break it forth upon my decreed place and set bars and doors and said, here's how far you should come, but no farther. And here shall thy proud ways be stayed. God said, when I said, this is how far the ocean's going to go and it's not going to go any farther. Where were you when I stopped it right there? What do y'all think Job said when God asked him those kind of questions? Duh. <laughs> That's what I would have said. Nothing. See, we don't even understand the knowledge of God. We don't even understand the wisdom of God. Wisdom is a powerful thing. God needed it to create heaven, to separate the sea and the sky, to separate the ocean from land. He needed that. We, man needs it to populate heaven. See, wisdom is a powerful thing. We need it to populate heaven. We need it to share God with the lost. See, I think so many Christians don't share, the, share the, their faith right now because we feel inadequate. We're afraid that that lost person is going to ask us a question we can't answer. And we say, oh no. We don't, have enough, we don't have enough confidence in our biblical knowledge that we can share Jesus with someone. We're afraid that we're going to get stuck in a place like that. See, we need it. We need it. But we got to work for it. We need God to show us. How many of us don't share our faith because we feel inadequate? There's a bunch of us that way. Knowledge is knowing what to say. Wisdom is knowing when to say it. Or in the, or in the words of great, uh, great preacher Charles Spurgeon, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. What to say and when to say it. The Bible says, if I were to ask you, name a wisdom verse that you know by heart. Probably most of us in here would name, it's in here several times, but we'd probably name Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How many of you, that'd be your first verse that came up to your mind. That's the first one I think of when I think of a wisdom verse. That's probably what most, because it's in here several times, you hear preachers preach about it all the time. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you're here and you don't know the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 10, 21 says that fools die because of lack of it. Some might say, well, I don't have the wisdom to know what to pray. Sometimes I feel God is calling me, but I don't know what to pray. The good news, God knows what's in your heart. He's got all the wisdom to, to create the world. You don't have to know exactly what to pray. I don't remember what I prayed. I was seven years old when I, became, when I came to Christ. I can't tell you what I prayed. I just knew I needed him. Some of you Christians might say, I don't have the wisdom that I need to know how to share my faith. Today might be the day that God changes you. Today might be the day that God changes a lost person by his wisdom. Wisdom has the power to change you. It has the power to save you. Don't stand before God on the judgment day Say this to yourself, if I only knew then what I know now.
Today is the day to let God show you his wisdom and power. Come to him today. Let's pray together. Hi, I'm Cody Hill. I'm the lead pastor here at Iron City. Thank you so much for connecting with us online. I hope in the days ahead that we'll have an opportunity to connect with you in person. On our website, ironcity.org, you'll see a number of different opportunities that you have to connect with our church and opportunities that we're seeking to engage our community and minister to our church family. I'd like to especially invite you to come and be a part of one of our connection groups that meet at nine o'clock immediately preceding our Sunday morning worship service. You'll find that we're not a perfect church, but we are a passionate church. We take following Jesus very seriously, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously. So I hope you'll come this Sunday at 1015 and worship with us and let us get to know you a little bit better.